At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Time for our journey to begin. You walk through our forests, yet you remain a mystery. What are you? Why do you hide? Um, did you see Bigfoot 2? Bigfoot? What's a Bigfoot? He's this big furry creature with super huge feet, and he lives in the woods. I never saw Bigfoot, but I did see a deer. In the land we call wilderness, there lives a creature that has become one with legend. Tina! Tina! Hey, have you heard about Bigfoot? At the moment, it's about to have an unpleasant encounter with the self-styled masters of the wilderness. Man. Welcome back to OK Talk, a Red Dragon production. It has been far too long since our last gathering. Let us get to the goods right away. To begin, an encounter story you have not been hearing before. Clinton sits down with a man from the state of Washington, whose world has been turned upside down in the last eight months or so. We shall call him Mark. That is all the information you will be getting. Please note, after the interview there is much more for you, don't just fall asleep to this podcast. Audio, IEDs have been planted to wake you up if you do. It will not be pleasing. Greetings, podcast recipients. It is I, your host, Clinton, the Red Dragon, the BHC, Draco Rojo, from a very wet and very drenched state of Texas. It took a lot of courage for me to bring you this broadcast. Individuals continuing to do what we've been seeing for days now, simply walking through the uh, water. We, we, we have to assume it's disgusting water uh, and, and rapidly becoming disease-filled water, uh, just trying to get to some location uh, with what meager possession they have. We see that picture over and over and over again. As much as you see that picture, though, you, you, you simply get chills every time you see these poor individuals. So many of these people, almost all of them that we see are so poor and they are so black and this is going to raise lots of questions for people who are watching this story unfold. Well, it's blood down in Texas. 
all of them that we see are so poor and they are so black. Got a great story for you tonight. One that you have not heard. It's an ongoing situation, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Really excited to let you guys know, too, that uh, next week we have the man, the myth, the legend, Scott Harriet, formerly of the Bigfoot Show, director of such films as Squatchin', Journey Towards Squatchdom, an all manner of professional walking movie. Scott has finally done what a lot of people have been asking him to do for a while now. He's merging his two favorite things, hiking and Bigfoot, into his next movie project. And while the Kickstarter is over, you can still get in on the Kickstarter rewards. He's taking PayPal donations. His PayPal ID is yetifan at yahoo.com. Yetifan at yahoo.com. I mean, something real basic. If you 25 bucks, you get all the updates and the movie. There's obviously higher levels of rewards, whatever. Google Scott Harriet. Figure it out. Help him out. I can't wait to see how this project turns out. As we crossed over the Bridge of the Gods, it was time to visit a man of vast relic hominid experience. 84-year-old Datus Perry, local legend of Carson, Washington, has not only had numerous encounters, but has also compiled a visual record of his experiences. I'm gonna show you the first one I ever saw in the situation and all. Okay. I have seen 14 of them and every damn one of them had it. The pointy head. That's right. Okay. And I kept telling myself, my God, nobody's going to believe this. Right. You know, but there it is. Many thanks to the great David Dellis. Also, we would like to throw two fingers in the air to Johnny Manson. Though your last name frightens me, we look forward to working together in the future. The producers of this podcast ask that you pull one out for Matthew. The Zika has spread. Unfortunately heads are not the only shrinkage one has to worry about. Stay hard, stoker. I now will be tossing it over to Clinton. I will catch you on the flip side. Enjoy. On the phone with me now, Grego, is a man by the name of Mark. He resides in the state of Washington, and he has been having quite a bit of activity that dates back to late last year. Mark, thanks for joining us on OK Talk. Yeah, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Doing very well. Doing very well. Now, let me ask you one question before we start. Where were you on the subject of Bigfoot round about 
the end of the summer last year? Like, let's just say we could transport to August of last year. Where did you come down on the subject of Bigfoot? Uh, you know, I I didn't really believe it. Uh, I wanted to believe it. I've seen all the documentaries on TV and the History Channel, and uh, was kind of interested in the subject. I thought maybe something could be there, or maybe it's just a bunch of stories, you know. But uh, I'm one of these people, um, I have to see it to believe it, I guess. And uh, I, I kind of grew up uh, on the beaches of Southern California, never really spent much time in the woods and never been hunting. So I wasn't really a, a believer, you know. I, I thought the story was kind of interesting, but uh, I didn't really believe in it. All right. So last fall, you are you were just going hunting with a buddy of yours. Is that right? Well, a buddy of mine who's my best friend and coworker, uh, he grew up in Oregon and uh, grew as a hunter his whole life. And he wanted to take me hunting, and it wasn't quite hunting season yet. It was September. It was Labor Day weekend, and our plan was to overnight on the night of the 13th on Sunday out in the woods. Uh, we were going to spend the whole day, Sunday and Monday, driving these logging roads and looking for game trails and finding deer and elk tracks and seeing what was going to be the best area around here to uh, go out and bag a deer or an elk. And uh, so we had set out, got out there about 7 in the morning, and we did just that. We would drive and park and, and walk back into the woods on game trails. And uh, finally at about 2.30 in the afternoon, uh, we decided to take a lunch break. And uh, we parked in a uh, kind of a dead-end area of the logging road where kind of a cul-de-sac, kind of big turnaround for logging trucks. I don't think they're logging. They're not logging back there anymore, but, you know, maybe five, ten years ago. And um, across the way there was these uh, boulders buried in the ground. They're about three or four feet in diameter, and they're purposely buried into the ground by either the logging company or the Forest Service to block access to another road that they don't want you to drive down anymore. And so the truck was parked behind me about 50, 60 feet. And my buddy's sitting on a boulder facing the truck with his back to the, to the road that's blocked. And I'm standing up looking down the road that's blocked. And the road kind of gradually goes down. And about 30 yards down, it makes a turn and bank to the left. And it's lined with trees and brush. And right where it banks to the left off to the right, there was a large thicket of brush and uh, with, you know, trees on the other side of it, to the left and right of it. And uh, about eight feet up, there's an opening in the brush, maybe three, three and a half feet wide or two and a half feet tall, probably. And it's like a window looking back into the forest. And back there, you can see on either side of this, like, window, like a tree trunk back there on, on either side. So your eye, when you look down there, is kind of naturally drawn to this opening. So we've been there maybe 10 or 15 minutes, and I, as we're talking, I kept looking down there, and one time I looked down there, it looked a little different. And on the tree trunk on the right, it looked like something was crawling up the side of it, something was moving. So I'm standing there looking at it and uh, thinking, what is that? I thought maybe it was a raccoon or something. And uh, so I'm watching it, and it moves out some more, and I realize it's a face, and it's staring at me. It's about 40 yards from me. And uh, so I hadn't said anything to my friend yet. And I, I stared at it, and it stared at me for probably over 30 seconds. And then it ducks back behind the tree. 
I'm thinking, wow, that was really odd, you know, what 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 was that? So then maybe 15, 20 seconds later, it appeared again, but what it did is it moved closer towards me, maybe 10 or 12 feet to the opening, right, just right at the opening of, of where the opening in the brush was, about eight to 10, you know, eight, eight feet up. And it, what it did is it slowly rose its head, and I saw it from just below the shoulder just below the shoulders its upper chest to the top of its head and when it when it came up it came up real slow and i saw the top of its head and the hairline was way back on the back of the head and the head didn't roll back like a like a human it kind of came back and slanted up and the hair was like silver or gray it was like silverish and it looked really greasy and matty and it hit its shoulders it kind of looked uh, uh salt and pepper maybe uh silver and black or silver and, and dark brown it was just real greasy and nasty looking and the skin was like a old leather baseball glove kind of beat up and it was a brownish color and my first thought was it looks old yeah, it looks really old and the, the heavy wrinkle on the forehead kind of a frankenstein brow um no hair on the face at all black eyes a human like nose and what I thought was really odd was the space between the bottom of the nose and the top of the, the lip. Because human is normally about one finger distance. This is m- much further, two to two and a, you know, oh, two plus to two, two, three fingers distance. And the lips were really strange. They were really skinny and really wide on the on the face. And the chin was flat and this really muscular shoulders. And uh, like you couldn't really. You know, it had a neck, but you couldn't you know, look. I had shoulder pads on. It was just this huge look, looking thing. And I'm standing there looking at it, and it's staring at me. And I'm just trying to absorb what I'm seeing in my mind, thinking, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit of shock because one, I never came out there to look for it. I, I didn't expect it. Um, so my whole thought process was, wow, what, you know, what? I know what I'm seeing. You know, I've heard about this. And I'm, I'm just trying to absorb it into my mind, the image, and I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. It really just makes the hair on, you know, my body stand up. And uh, so after about, I'm guesstimating, you know, 40, 45 seconds, this thing gives me like this menacing, angry look. It didn't show me its teeth, but it squinted its eyes and like gave me like a kind of a frown. And then it, I told my buddy, I said, Doug, I, I pointed at it. And he stood up and turned around. And as soon as he turned around and I pointed at it, it took off and just and, and, and bolted. So I immediately turned and ran to the truck where I had uh, a rifle in the back seat. I grabbed my rifle. I came running back over and he goes, what was it? And I said, it was a Sasquatch. And he goes, oh, come on, really? You know, he grew up in the woods and, you know, never experienced anything like that. And I said, I'm, I'm dead serious. And he goes, well, we need to go down there. And I was like... Man, I don't know, you know, I mean, I'm I'm really, you know, he could tell I was really shaken up and I got goosebumps on me besides mosquito bites. So he talked me into it and I'm I'm in the lead because I'm the one with the rifle and he's behind me. And I'm, we walk slowly down this overgrown road and I get to the, where the brush is and I'm pushing through with the muzzle of my rifle. And I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, you know, I'm shaking, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, this thing's just going to grab me and pull me in. Well, we push through. And the forest floor is thick moss, where if you step in it, you sink like a sponge, you know. It's just, you know, three, four, five inches thick. And where it was standing, there's these massive impressions in the moss, like 20 inches long, just eight inches wide, huge. And they take these long, wide steps around this tree, and we followed around the tree. And on the other side of the tree, there's a big pile of 
you know, three dozen or so picked mushrooms. And there's a big maple leaf with uh, a handful of snails in it. And I'm thinking, this thing's just getting ready to eat. We just pissed it off, you know. I mean, what else could, you know, this be, you know. So I saw my buddy, I said, I've seen enough. I, I want to get out of here. And so he goes, no, I want to follow the tracks. And I go, you're, 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 you're crazy. So I step back out onto the, the road, and he, I'm paralleling him, and he's following these tracks, and as he's following them, he gets, he's, each step he's getting a little further in, and I, I can just barely see him. And we, get, we walk about 100 feet, and off to my left in the woods, I hear all this crashing and breaking of tree branches, and it sounds like something's really pissed off. And then where he's at, we hear the same thing. So he comes running out, and he goes, yeah, let's get out of here. There's something here that's really, really upset. So we got in the truck and took off, and on the way out, I'm like, you know, we got a camera here in the truck. We need to go back. And he's like, no, we're not really prepared. He goes, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll, we'll come back later. So that was kind of my first initial sighting. It's funny. That's the second time that I've heard that run through. And yeah. I'm still trying to process what it must have been like. But I think that the thing that really interested me, I actually shared our conversation with Matt uh, after you and I talked the first time. And the craziest thing about what he said was that there's this thing where not a lot of people are able to identify the facial features as well as you have been able to. What I wanted to ask was, when you say that it had a hooded or a human nose, do you mean that it was like? It wasn't like a like an ape nose, where the the the, the tip kind of tilts up and the nostrils are kind of you know pointed at you. Okay, so it was hooded, but yeah. maybe, uh, but maybe like you know, I have heard it described sometimes as like a boxer. That's gotten clocked in the nose a few times, right? Where yeah, it's we're, flatter, but it. Yeah. What you're saying is you couldn't like see into the nostrils like you could no. with an ape. No, no, no. The nose. You're right. It it was wide on the face. Um, like it, you know, like a boxer. It was it was wide on the face, but it wasn't pushed up. You know, it's a hooded, like you say. You know, you couldn't you couldn't see the nostrils. And what's really strange to me is the distance between the bottom of the nose and the top of the top lip. It, it was much further than than human, you know. It was a, there was a large space there, and the lips were really thin, not you know fat lips like a human. They're really really thin, and but really wide on the face, you know. And, uh, and then the, you know the just the mass of it. I'm, I'm guesstimating, you know, when we stood there when we saw the print, the first initial prints in the moss, the impressions. You know, I'm five seven. I, I look up and I'm like. You know, this thing is, the the opening is, you know, at eight feet, the top of the opening is, you know, 10, you know, just over 10 feet. And this thing filled the entire opening, the window that I was explaining to you. So this thing, uh, what I've been told, I've explained it to uh, some uh, really experienced people in the industry, is that what I saw was probably a full-grown, you know, male that sometimes they can get up, you know, 10 feet tall. And I'm guessing that's what I saw with the silver hair. You know, it looked like, like I said, it just looked really old, like it, like a really old, tough old man, you know? Yeah. Silver, silver hair it was way back on the head. It wasn't down, you know, like a receding hairline. It was way back on the back of the head. I'm guessing this thing was a thousand pounds, you know? I mean, just, just had to be that, 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 that big. Was there any kind of, 
was there any kind of what's referred to as like the sagittal crest or was there any kind of like point to the top of his head? Yeah, that's kind of what I meant where the, the human head rolls back. This kind of slanted up and back and way back on the back, it, it, you know, was where the hairline was. But yeah, it slanted upward. I, I don't know if I, I would say, you know, exactly a cone, but it did slant way back like a point kind of. Okay. And w- w- you saw it from like mid chest up, correct? Something like that? Uh, just below the sh- just below the shoulders. You know, yeah, the upper chest. What kind of muscle definition did you see in the chest, and what color was it? Was it all silver? No, the the head was all silver, but when it when it hit its shoulders, it was more of a mixture between silver and either black or dark brown, and it was hard to distinguish between black and dark brown because it just looked greasy. Like if it was like a dark brown and greasy, it might look black, you know. But I was at a distance of. Uh, you know, 35, 40, you know, 40 yards at that point. And uh, so, I, I, you know, it just looked like a greasy mess, like somebody with long hair hadn't washed their hair in 30 years, you know? Wow. Okay, so you're clearly freaked out enough that you don't want to follow this thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just the, 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 the sheer, once I looked up and I saw, we saw the impressions in, in the, in the, uh, in the, in the moss and, where it had to be standing and what, what height it had to be at, you know, it was 10, you know, just over 10 feet tall, 10, 10 feet tall. You know, I, I was really intimidated. I mean, I, I was trembling. My buddy was just like, you know, you need to calm down. You know, I mean, I, I came back over, I had the mat, you know, had a magazine in the, in the, in the rifle, the safety off, you know, I mean, I, I was, you know, <laughs> if I would have saw anything, I just would have started, you know, just going at it. You know, <laughs> Right. Once you guys left the area, what kind of conversation are you having between you and your buddy? First off, it was a uh, high five and, you know, and it was just like, can you believe that? And, he, and, I, and I, the first thing I said was, hey, do you still want to overnight out here? And he looks at me and he goes, hell no. And so I, I there, then there was a little bit of a silence, you know, for a few miles. And I said, listen, you know, we, I realized we got a camera here. We need to go back, you know. And then he's like, no, no, we're not, we're not prepared. You know, we need to get better prepared for something like this. And so the, the whole way home, it was just like, I just can't believe this. And my buddy's just like, God, I wish I could have seen it. And he goes, but from what I saw, he goes, man, this is just freaky. I said, I said, thanks for bringing me out here, man. I said, no, I, I you know, I never really spent much time in the woods. I, you know, I grew like I said, I grew up in Southern California, but I, the only reason I'm even here in Washington is I'm retired from the military and this was my last duty station. So, um, yeah, I just the, the thought process was very strange. And then I got home and I told my wife, and you know she was in disbelief. And I kind of sat around the house, you know, the you know that day and the rest of the next day, and then on on Tuesday. And she's like, you know, do you need to talk to somebody? I said, no. I said I'm just trying to absorb, you know, the whole this whole thing. You know, I mean, I just it's really kind of odd, you know. I just mentally trying to absorb you know the, the process you know it's just it's really strange <laughs> so this happens in september of 2015 yes and how long before you guys were back in the area the following saturday uh i got on the phone must have been on wednesday i started picking up the phone first i called uh the forest service it's responsible for that area. And, uh, 
I told my whole story to the to to the ranger, and he kind of is like, "Yeah, we get those kind of stories." He goes, "You know, I've been here thirty years. I've never seen anything." You know, kind of, you know, ha ha ha. You know, uh, kind of blown off a little bit. So then I thought, well, I'll call Washington Fishing Game. So I called Washington Fishing Game and uh, talked to the receptionist, and she says we get those calls from time to time, and she goes, uh, "We have a retired." Washington fishing game veterinarian whose hobby now is Bigfoot. He's seen him on several occasions. Can I give him your number? So he called me the next day and we had a long conversation and uh, I told him what I saw and what, what had happened and he wanted to come out here with us. So he went out here with us on the following Saturday. And um, so our goal was, was let's go to the same spot and kind of recreate exactly what we did and that's what what we did we 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 went there and we um we thought well let's make a bunch of noise like we're talking we decided let's cook breakfast while we're here we got there at first sun up and uh we'd been there i don't know 30 40 45 minutes and i i had to relieve myself so i walked over to right next to the, where i was standing when i saw it in, in the brush and i kind of stepped into the brush a couple feet and i'm standing there relieving myself and in, in the brush I hear this kind of, it wasn't a loud growl. It was more of a, like when an animal feels kind of threatened, like a, like you, you hear like a, a low tone, kind of soft growl. And, and it was, it really carried its R and, the, and it was like, and I could hear a heavy breathing, you know? And so I couldn't zip it up fast enough, you know I mean? Like, and I come walking back over to where my friend and, uh, the uh, veterinarian was and I kind of you know veterinarian stepped away and was kind of looking around I told him what had happened and I said go over to that same spot in a few minutes and you know act like you're relieving yourself so he did he went he went over there and he's standing over there and I'm watching him and he kind of looks over his shoulder and he's like shaking his head and he comes over and he's just like unreal you know and so this thing is curious it's watching us you know uh right right there in the brush watching us and but we didn't have any firearms that day and you know i didn't know what what to say to the veterinarian i wanted him to find something on his own out there i didn't want to suggest anything to him not only did you call fish and game you yeah. also contacted the forestry service yeah the forestry service kind of blew me off <laughs> uh, yeah they, they 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 said you know yeah we get those kind of stories all the time guys like i've been here 30 years and i never seen anything and you know they did just blew me off i don't know if that was just a tactic you know to you know kind of uh diffuse my 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 thought process or anything but uh i just it kind of blew me off but fishing game you know they said they get those calls from time to time uh in washington state and uh the wildlife veterinarian uh, who's now retired and uh he's been in some documentaries on the history channel about the subject um has seen uh, several times and goes out actually quite quite a bit and hangs uh, game cameras and never had any luck with game cameras, which I don't think game cameras will work my, myself. But uh, um, so yeah, we uh, finished breakfast and we walked down there to where I showed him where it was. And uh, of course, the impressions are gone at that point. It's been almost a, a week later, you know, uh, the, the moss, you know, if you step in and it slowly pops back up. And we kind of are walking back through the woods in that same general area and we get, you know, 200, 250 feet from the truck and 
me and my buddy are kind of near each other and we're looking for any kind of print or anything or, or anything we could we could take a picture of and the veterinarian's off to my right about 100 120 feet away and my buddy looks at me and he goes do you hear that and i go what and he goes come over here and listen and i'm standing there when we're listening you can hear this strange back towards where the truck was in the in that brush you could hear this strange mumbling talking and it was very it was kind of faint it was almost like it was at a high whisper maybe talking to something else or talking to itself and it was like trying to form words but like in a real fast speech that didn't make any sense and it is kind of almost sounded like i've heard it referred to on the internet as like samurai chatter or kind of a native you know american language you know really strange kind of raspy real raspy voice you know Without asking you to do what I do for a living, do you think that you could imitate it? Yeah, I, I could, and I've been told that it kind of sounds kind of similar, but it kind of went like this. It was like... <laughs> kind of like that. But it was more... But you said it was faint, so it was like a whisper. It was like a a, 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 a weird... It was like a loud whisper. Like it was almost as if the impression I got, and I talked to my friend about it later that day. The impression I got was is that it wanted us to hear it, but it didn't want to sound too loud. Almost as if it was trying to intimidate us a little bit. It was like, like if you want to whisper and be real quiet, you you, you can whisper without somebody you know you know hundred feet away without without you hearing or two hundred feet. But this was, it was almost as if it wanted us to hear it, you know, wow. and uh. It was it was really odd, and and so uh, we kind of thought back, and I you know we thought well there had to have been two of them out here that initial day because of the crashing to the woods off to my left, and then more off to the right after we had walked down there, and we're thinking well maybe there's two of them right here in this in this area, and they're watching us from a distance, and so we spent the rest of the day out there with him, and uh, I didn't want to suggest anything to him. I wanted him to find something on his own and and kind of validate uh, my sighting, you know. But we didn't we didn't find anything the rest of the day. We spent about another three or four hours out there in the, that that day, and it didn't find anything. So then it got onto this big uh, obsession of ours to find more, you know, to 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 get more evidence, to get video, to get footprints, to get something, you know. And uh, so we went out there from September all the way to just after Thanksgiving, every weekend we were out there, Saturday and Sunday. And uh, we, 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 we got a lot of stuff. The following weekend uh, in late, I think it was September 24th or 26th, I can't remember the date, but I sent you the first print that we found. That's the one where my watch is on the left of it for, for size scale and his foot boot is on the, on the right of it. I think it's an impression kind of in the moss and the dirt kind of. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and uh, his boot is a is a 13 and a half, so um, that was the first print we found. Um, and that print was found maybe 15 feet in front of where I was standing when I initially uh, saw it. So in that immediate area, you know, I, I told him, I said, you know, we might be really onto something right in this immediate area here. There's not a lot of vehicle traffic back here. Um, 
you know, they're, you know, it's kind of a flat area. It's in a valley where the mountains go kind of, they go vertically up and there's rivers and there's a river, there's a bunch of creeks and streams. We've seen deer out there. I said, man, this, you know, could be a real hot spot. You know, it's out, you know, this could be really, really something, you know? And so, uh, kind of went into this obsessive investigation of, uh, <laughs> going even further, you know? You had quite a bit of activity going on over the next few weeks into basically until the windstorm. So why don't you take us through some of the things that occurred as, uh, as you guys continued to go out there? Yeah. So we thought, you know, let's, uh, you know, I got, I immediately went home and got online and started reading and, and watching videos and, uh, people hanging game cameras and without much luck. And I, and I, and I thought, well, hanging a game camera, you know, probably wouldn't yield much, uh, results because, uh, that's kind of their living room. So, you know, if I hung a game camera in a, in a friend of mine's living room on their wall, you know, they're going to see it and they're going to wonder, you know, if they've never seen anything like that before, you know, they, if they're a real curious creature, they might avoid it and, and, you know, stay away from it and, or might even tamper with it and disable it or something. So we thought, well, let, let's not take that route. Let's, let, let's take a different route. First, let, let's go out there and let's try and, uh, uh, just get a general view of the area. And I said, one thing I wanted to try was let's get a Sony handy camera. It's kind of a, little black Sony camera where the screen flips out on the side. So when you're holding it, you can see, you know, on the little TV screen, you know, what, what you're filming. Let's get one of those, put it on a tripod. Let's put it where I was standing and let's walk away and, and go investigate, you know, another area. Let's, let's see if it comes out to, you know, here, here is this. Let's see if it comes out and shows its face again or something. So we did. We, we, we went, went back and, and put, put the camera there and then we walked away, came back three hours later and the camera was still there untampered with. And we thought, well, this is maybe a bust, you know, maybe we don't have anything, you know? So we went home and we downloaded the video and we're sitting there watching three hours of video and about 40 minutes into it, the camera would run for 10 minutes, save the video and then start a new video. So every 10 minutes there's a, a new video you need to watch. So we're sitting there watching it and we can hear something which sounds like off to the left of the camera. It's walking through the woods. You can hear cracking and breaking and, and popping of, of branches, you know, snap, crack, you know, you can hear footsteps. And then you can hear behind the camera something moving around and, 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 and like on the, on the gravel, you know, stepping. And then something, there's a tap on the camera from, from behind and you can hear a tap on the camera and the camera shakes. And we're looking at each other like, you know, it could be a bird, it could be a raccoon, you know, what, 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 what is that? Well, then you hear what sounds, there's branches that are hanging above the camera about, I don't know, 10, 10, 9, 10 feet up. You hear a snap of a branch on camera, and then you hear another cra- crackle of, of, of another break right behind the camera, and then something waves a branch in front of the lens, and you and, and you see it, you know it's a whole, you know it's it's got brown leaves on it, you know it's almost fall at that point, and it waves in front in front of, of of, of the camera. Okay, and, uh, let me stop you right there because I want everyone to get this image in their head. 
that if we are, let's suspend reality here for a moment and assume that the same thing that's in the area is, in fact, um, some form of an upright primate, at least an upright hair-covered creature. It comes up behind your camera that's on a tripod. You have the screen out. Yeah. You hear it physically tap the camera from behind, and almost as if it was a director, it takes a branch snaps it and waves it in front of the camera as if like, oh, wow, look, if I move the branch in front of the camera, I can see it on the screen. Exactly. That, that's exactly, exactly what, what, what happened. I mean, we're just sitting there looking at each other, like, you know, get a branch break and fall. I mean, there's no, you can see on, on camera, there's no wind. You know, there couldn't have been a human walk up there because the branches were too 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 high up off the ground. You know, right above it, you you can hear it break right above the camera. You can hear it break again right behind the camera. You see it wave in front of the camera, and it wasn't like a falling. It was like a, a swipe. You know, something swipe. You know, and it you know it probably saw it on the screen and I thought, you know, at first it sees this thing, a black camera, you know, a black thing on a thing with three legs sitting there. It, it probably got real curious and it knew that we walked off as it was watching us. And so we're sitting there looking at each other going like, this thing really exposed itself. One, the truck is, a, is across the turnaround like a cul-de-sac about you know 50 feet away. If we had had a camera inside the truck pointed over here, this, we really would have had something, you know? And uh, so that's what we thought was like, let's, let's try it again. But this time, let's also put a camera in the truck pointed out the driver's side door window directly at this camera. So that's what we did. We went and bought another camera, came back the following weekend, and we got there super early in the morning, and it was still dark out. And uh, we shut the truck off, and I said, I don't want to get out of the truck until just before, the, you know, right when the sun just starts to come up. I said, I'm really freaked out. So we sat there probably for 40, 45 minutes, and the sun was just barely starting to come up. And you could finally see your hand in front of your face. And my buddy goes, I'm going to open the driver's side door. So as soon as he opens the driver's side door and the dome light comes on, about maybe not even 100 feet off into the woods, we hear this loud whoop. And it was as soon as the dome light came on. And so I, I told him, I says, you know, they're, they're watching the road. And that's like a warning to the others, you know, you know, there's strangers, there's strangers here, you know, you, you know, I'm, I'm warning you don't, you know, be, be careful, you know, and we just were like freaked out. So we immediately got in the truck and waited till the sun came all the way up before we got back out again. And, uh, that's what we did. We, um, put a camera over there, the same camera in the same location where I was standing. And this time we put another Sony Handycam on the uh, center console of his pickup truck, pointed out the driver's side door window and we walked away. And we're still on camera walking away when a rock flies out of the woods and hits the driver's side door under the camera. And we were probably 100-plus feet away from the truck, so we didn't really hear or see anything uh, at that point until we got home and watched the video. But as we watched the video, uh, there's multiple rocks uh, hitting the truck. You can hear them hitting and hitting it. There's sticks. Uh, you can hear something hit the front windshield. And we got back to the truck. There was a big 
hit in the window right in front of him, and it had spider webbed out, so they broke his window. So they obviously don't like his truck. But what was really strange is, like, you know, did they know what the camera was on the center console of the, of, of the truck? I mean, did, were they watching us set it up? Did, is, there, is the lens emitting some kind of light that they can see? You know, I mean, is, how did they know, you know, that, that there was a camera? Because, you know, they didn't come out and investigate the other camera again. They, they, they wouldn't show themselves in, in front of it. So we're just wondering now, now what? I mean, we got all this, you know, who's throwing the rocks? Who's throwing the stick? Really, really strange. Yeah. So you went through the process of basically like rigging up your truck to become sort of a, almost like a, an observation point. Yeah. So uh, let me backtrack a little bit. On that same video, we could hear uh, a clack clicking noise, but it was coming from behind. It sounded like it was coming from behind the camera. The camera was pointed out the driver's side door window. It sounded like it was coming from the opposite side. And so we couldn't figure out what it was. And I played it for my wife, and she goes, oh, it sounds like the door handle on the passenger side. Someone's trying to lift it. And I'm like, what? So we put the camera in his truck at my house and turned it on, and and we tried lifting the door handle on on his truck. And we came in and played it. It's the same noise. So this thing was trying to get into the truck. Is this one the... uh the other people that y'all saw out there? Yeah. So at one point in the video towards the end, uh, almost at the end of the the three hours, you see a a car pull up into the cul-de-sac and immediately an elderly gentleman and a younger and a younger guy, probably in his late twenties, get out of the other car and they immediately storm. Like, you know, they're, they're after, they're on a mission. I mean, it wasn't like they got out of their car and kind of looked around like, oh, this is the woods, you know, this is really pretty, you know, kind of interesting. They got out and they immediately walked past our truck out of view and off to the right, the road kind of goes up another hill um, to another, to another dead end. And they, and they walk past out of view. Well, then a few minutes later, I come walking up, the two of us come walking up into view and uh, I'm carrying a shotgun. My buddy's carrying a shotgun. We both have sidearms on. And uh, they seen us, and, and the elderly gentlemen seemed kind of maybe intimidated that we had guns. So I laid my guns back in the back of the pickup truck, and I was talking to the younger guy. I said, hey, well, what, what's going on? You guys are over there pointing into the woods. What what you guys, do you guys see anything? And he goes, oh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, uh, yeah, there's something really strange. You know, when we got here, we drove up, there was – something crouched next to your passenger side pickup and when it seen or hers it stood up and turned around and uh he goes man it, he goes its shoulders were up to the top of your, your you know above the truck door and he goes it ran it bolted to the right of your pickup up this other hill and ran up into the woods here and i go really and they go hey can i have your name and he goes no i don't i don't, I don't want you know you know the guy was really didn't want to talk to me you know so they got in their car and left So that's yeah, kind of strange. Yeah, to say the least. Let's keep going because you guys ended up spending the night out there. Yeah, we did. So uh, there was a big windstorm in November after Thanksgiving, and, and we couldn't get to where all this activity is going on anymore. 
we hiked back through there after the windstorm through all the down trees, and it was just too dangerous to continue on. So we thought, well, the closest we could get was now was about a half a mile from our original sighting area. So we thought, well, let's let's just try, you know, maybe maybe they'll come down, or maybe there's more right here in this area. Um, let, let's let's just try, you know, see what we get. So that's what we did. We uh, uh, camped out there in his pickup. Uh, we got out there on a Saturday in the late afternoon, and uh, we both had work at night, so we'd been up all night Friday night working and then up all day Saturday. So um, I had uh, set up a uh, what I thought was bait in the back of the truck. It was a five-gallon bucket with about a dozen apples and a bunch of unwrapped Snickers bars in this bucket and um, uh, an a, a audio recorder, a cheap audio recorder in the bucket. And so I, I crashed out around 5, 5.30, and my, my buddy soon after crashed out in the front seat. And I'm laying in the back of the truck, and at about 10.30, I get awoken to uh, what sounds like uh, – it wasn't tr- tree, a loud tree knocking. It was like drumming of sticks on a log, and it was, you know, like if you were a kid, you know, and you're out and, you know, had drumsticks, and you're banging it on something. And you would hear, you know, five or six or, you know, more, you know, you know, drumming sound then in a, in the distance, you know, and this is just outside the truck, maybe 50 feet away. You'd hear a little further away, a response, you know? And so I'm laying there listening to this. And after a while it, it, it had stopped and my buddy's snoring away and I'm crouched in the back of his, of his truck, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable. And I had my head and shoulders and pillow leaned against the driver's side rear door. And I'm laying there listening. And it's, I thought I heard a, maybe something had walked up to the truck and I was like trying to listen and I feel myself, like my head and shoulders kind of being pushed on just a little bit from like something's pushing on the door. And I'm just like, whoa, man, what, what is that? So I said to my buddy, hey, Doug, Doug, we're going to wake up. You know, there's something right here at the truck. And so he, he wakes up out of sleep. And we'd been in there at that point, you know, maybe six hours. So the windows are condensated and, and fogged up. And this is in January. And um I, I, I hear what sounds like a hand on, on the on the driver's side window, a door window and the rear window of like like it's trying to you know put its hand there like on glass you know and I'm just like whoa and then he falls back asleep and I, I thought I could hear it walking around the truck and it comes back to my side and I had the bucket right behind the where I was laying in, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the truck bed and he has a plastic truck bed liner and I could hear like the bucket being pushed around a little bit and then it would stop. It'd be pushed around and it would stop. And this went on for 45 minutes to an hour. And it, so I, I was thinking it was maybe eating what was in the bucket, you know? And uh, so I, I, I laid there till about two in the morning thinking, man, the assault's coming. They're going to roll the truck over. They're going to bust the windows out. They're going to kill us. You know, I'm, I'm thinking we're, we're toast, you know, well, I ended up falling asleep and woke up, uh, you know, seven in the morning, get out of the truck and the bucket's empty and the uh, voice recorder's gone. And there's a giant handprint on the glass of the, of the, of the truck. I think I sent you that handprint. You can see this long, weird looking fingers, you know, yeah, the only thing that I'm surprised about is that you didn't immediately like remove the window and have it sent to some investigation <laughs> lab. 
Well, I, I'm, I'm just I, kidding, actually. Yeah, you know, I talked to my friend about, let's go to the sheriff's department and see if we could talk them into taking prints off the glass. And he's like, no, no, I don't, because he doesn't want me talking to anybody about this subject. He doesn't want me telling anybody about it. About it. I've only told a couple people where it's at. You know, he, he doesn't want anybody to know. And he said, don't tell anybody about what's going on here. Don't talk to anybody. My thought process is, is let's talk to other people that, or maybe experts and try and get some advice, you know, maybe they could give us, you know, you know, tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us, you know, that's kind of what I did. I got on the phone and, and started calling, uh, some big heavy hitters in, in the, uh, in the subject. And they've been a big kind of a help to me, giving me advice, you know? So. <clears throat> Do you ever stop in your day to day life? I know you work in the evening. Yeah. I know just in the thing that happened to me, which is like nothing like what you're describing, but just the little thing that happened to me, feeling like there was something that I couldn't explain yelling at me. It's been just over a month ago that it happened. And at least for the first two weeks, if not more, really anyone that I came across that I even sort of kind of liked in my business (laughs) and or yeah. prof- profession, uh, personal life, I was trying to tell them about it, figure out some way, like, how do I even get this conversation started? Right. What's your interaction like with the rest of the public? Oh, I'm uh, any friend or family member or even my personal physician. Uh, I really whip my, you know, if I get anything, a, a print or something, um, I put it on my phone and I carry it around with me. And anybody that will talk to me about the subject, uh, I don't tell them where it's going on at, but I want to talk about it and find out what they think, you know. And most people are pretty responsive. Some just kind of give me a weird look. But, yeah, I'm really <laughs> – I mean, really, it's uh, dominated your life, basically. It's really, it's, it's really dominated it. I it's, mean, I bought, it, I bought you know, a couple thousand dollars worth of video and audio equipment – um, you know, my weekends are, uh, it, it was, first it was every weekend. Now it's every other weekend maybe. So yeah, it's really, uh, taken over <laughs> a, a, a portion of my life. Well, let, let me, let me, uh, uh, start back where I left off. So we get up in the morning, there's a handprint on the glass. And so I'm, you know, that's one. You know, I first got out, looked at the bucket, and then I'm looking around for the audio recorder. Couldn't find it anywhere in the immediate area. And then I immediately looked at the window, and I, you know, showed my buddy, and we, you know, I started taking pictures of it. And he's in amazement, you know. And uh, I'm just like, wow, you know. So we thought, okay, let's uh, let's uh, start our 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 process. So we cook breakfast. I set up a bunch of cameras in the truck. Uh, looking out the front and window and both the side. We, we, we left the doors open because we knew that they've tried to get in the truck before. We thought, well, let's set cameras up looking out both doors. Well, let's leave the doors open and let's walk away from the truck. So that's what we did. So I sent you a couple. Uh, I had a camera on my backpack as we walked away and one on my head facing forward. And so we, we turn and walk away from the truck and I caught 11 seconds of video of something behind a group of trees to the left of the truck and kind of behind it that was obviously listening to us. Um, if you were to stand at the truck and look over there, you couldn't see those two trees. You could see the base of them, but there's a branches that hang down that cover uh, you, you, you couldn't see. So 
whatever it was behind, well, well I know what it was behind the tree. It was a Sasquatch. It, it, it couldn't see us, but it was listening. So we walk away from the truck, and you see it turn its head and see us at that point walking, and then it ducks down out of sight. Well, I sent you two uh, frames of video. I was shot at 30 frames a second, so I, had, I have 330 frames of it there was turned its head to the right. And I think if you zoom in on the, on the creature, you can actually almost make out its face a little bit. You can see where its eyes are and its nose. On the third one where it, where it looks like it's ducked down. No, the one where it's kind of standing behind the tree. Okay. Yeah. You can, if you zoom in on, on its face, you can almost, you can see its back. It's, it's maybe what it's where it's right. Our shoulder. It's buttock. Yeah, it looks like uh, Oh yeah. I see what you're saying. Like almost the darkness where the inset of the eyes would be. Right. Yeah. And then the next, then then I sent you a, a frame later in the video of it not there. You know. Right. Right. And yeah. I, you sent me the two pictures right. that are like one after another, and then. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's the one that was at the truck. You know. You know, playing playing with the truck all night. You know, eating and he stole my auto recorder. I assume that's the one. I'm I'm not certain on that, but. Uh, so we didn't even know it was there. I mean, that thing was within, you know, 30, 35 feet of the back of the truck, you know. Right. That's so, such so a we, great tactic, though. We talked about this the other night, the putting the camera pointing behind you, whether yeah. you're on a bicycle or on a car or, in this case, on your backpack. Well, yeah, we uh, – there's kind of a reason for that was uh, we were walking down a trail out there, and it was actually like a – game trail and uh i'm I'm in the lead and my, and my buddy i hear him say whoa what's that and i turn around and he's looking behind him and i see the back of a leg stepping into the woods and i go what was that he goes he goes i just had this overwhelming feeling that something was watching us and he goes and i turned around it crossed the trail behind us about 100 yards behind us and I was like, holy man i said we need to start carrying a camera on our on you know on our backs you know i mean how many stuff how much stuff have we missed you know so that's kind of what brought that all about was uh so yeah we we walked away from the truck caught that on video didn't know it and we got about a quarter mile from the truck and i realized oh i haven't turned my head camera on yet so as soon as i turned my head camera on you you hear these loud tree knocks donk donk like six five or six of them donk donk and they're coming behind us from where the truck was and uh, I immediately, you know, I hear him, I stop, and I turn back towards where the truck was, and, and you can hear him on the camera. And I think what was going on was is the, the one that was at the truck or, or maybe two of them were warning others that we were heading, you know, away from the truck, heading their way. Not certain on that, but that's kind of the impression of uh, – and I, and I have, a, you know, the, the clip of that. I probably should send it to Dave. You can clearly hear the the tree knocks, you know. I'm actually looking through the pictures again in our little text message chain. Yeah. And I think the one that really blows me away is the first boot pick that you sent rather than the second. Okay. Where there's a lot of green. You can almost tell that, like, the indentation seems like it's like an inch and a half down into the ground. Right, yeah, what... It dwarfs uh, that boot. If that's your shoe or your buddy's, it doesn't matter. It dwarfs it. Yeah, my buddy's boot is a 13 and a half. And and that thing, I didn't have a measuring tape with me when we found that, but uh, I'm guessing that that, his track is, you know, 17 inches long. Yeah, if Uh, not, yeah. 
that's probably about right because, you know, if uh, then there was a push-off, you can clearly see where the toes are in. So that might, you know, like alter it a little. I mean, that thing is huge. Yeah, well, we initially stepped right over that track. Uh, we didn't notice it at first, but the only reason we saw it is, is uh, it's, you know, right in front of where I was when I, when I initially had my initial sighting. But right maybe three feet in front of that track – is these uh, small deer ho- uh, hoof uh, prints in, in the in the in the moss and in the dirt, and it looks like it clawed in you know into the moss and was trying to get away from something. So what I think happened is, is that squatch was lying in wait in the brush, and that deer came walking up, and that squatch jumped out and snatched the deer. You know. Wow. Yeah. So you know we walked away from the truck, got the tree knocks. Later on in the video, on, on the camera on, on my head. Uh, my buddy was like, hey, I got to, you know, relieve myself. So he's behind me about 20, 25 feet relieving himself. I didn't catch it on camera, the rock, but I, you can hear the clack noise of the rock hit the road. Out of the corner of my eye, I see a rock fly from the hillside up above me, and you hear the clack of the rock hit the ground. And I turn, and my buddy at that point was just turning and zipping up, and I go, hey, man, did you kick a rock at me? And he goes, what? And I said, did you kick a rock at me? He goes, no, I've been over here relieving myself. And I go, dude, something just threw a rock at me or something. That was the first rock we had thrown at us. You know, we went on through the rest of the day, came back to the truck, packed up and left. And I went home and, you know, I had hours and hours of video to watch. And uh, so I, you know, saw the one behind the tree and I'm, I can't believe, you know, what I'm, what I'm seeing. And then I hear the tree, you know, we, I, I immediately listened to the audio of the tree knocking and then I started listening to the audio and video of the cameras that were in the truck. And while we're away from the truck, you know, they're throwing rocks at the truck. You can see rocks flying through the air and hitting the truck. You can hear knocks on the truck, like as if something had crawled up next to the truck and it's knocking on it. At one point, you hear like three loud bangs. It's like, and it was as if something was trying to figure out if somebody's still on the truck. Because we left the doors open. We wanted them to come up and get into the truck. You know, we had cameras pointed out the door. We wanted them to go, you know, rifle through the stuff in the truck. But they wouldn't do it. And I don't know if it's because they thought, well, they're trying to set us up or somebody's in the truck still or, or what. But uh, it was kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, I would have to say, I mean, that would come across almost as a trap. Right, right. But and, still, uh, I mean, the intelligence that you're talking about dealing with is just incredible. Yeah. And so... I got more prints as time went on. One print really scared us, and that was the one that I showed you that it's probably 10 to 14 days old. And we were in the same spot two weeks earlier, and it wasn't there, and we knew it wasn't, because, and we found it, and it's it's a massive track. It's over 20 inches long and eight inches wide, and it's deep. It's like two-inch impression into the ground. And uh, I think I, I sent that to you also. It's just a scary track. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Is that the one that has the watch next to it? No, that's the one that uh, has uh, got like little stuff growing up in the track itself and, and stuff blown, blown into it. Okay, Real- yeah. That's the one I think I was talking about just a minute yeah. ago. Yeah, that, that track is, is, uh, uh, is, is that, 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 that one scared us a little bit. Yeah, and, uh, it struck. Yeah, you can, uh, like you said, you can see the greenery growing back up out of it. Right. Yeah, and, uh, it's massive. That's the one I was just talking about. Not the other one where you said oh, okay. that his boot is 13 and a half, but 
yeah, it's that one. It is, it's incredible. Yeah, that that one really scared us. In fact, uh, directly behind the track, um, there is a dirt berm, maybe five or six feet up. And what it looked like is it stepped off that. Oh, dirt okay. Berm yeah, yeah. You on were... the road and and you know made the deep impression. And then on the other side of the road, there's another berm that goes up about ten feet. It looks like about four feet up. You couldn't see a print, but you could see where something had stepped sideways on the hillside to, to get up and, and get get up to the other side. Well, that same area right there, uh, we I we heard something fall, kind of paralleling us in the woods. You know, we were, we would walk and we hear all this snapping and breaking, and my buddy would say, "Okay, let, let's stop." Okay, let's take five steps and then stop. So we, we would take five steps and it would start walking with us and we would stop. And then it would, you know, take another step and we would hear it. So it was kind of this game back and forth. We did that three or four times. And then we're standing there and up on the the, the dirt berm, I, there's a, a rotted tree, tree trunk up there. I could see something bobbing its head up and looking over at us. And so I thought, man, I said, hey, man, it's right up there. It's, you know, it's about... 60 yards away from us. I said, it's, so I climbed up there. It took me, you know, 10 minutes to get up there, but it was already gone at that point. That, that was, uh, my uh, second facial sighting. That one was a little different. Um, the hair was black. It was a, a further distance away, but the skin on the face wasn't brown. Like the first one, it was more of a dark gray color, but the facial features were, were the same. And uh, it had more hair on its face than, 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 than the first one that I thought was much older. But uh, So then I started making, uh, you know, some phone calls. I really wanted to get a big researcher to come and kind of validate, you know, what I've been experiencing and spend some time with me out there. And I, I got a, a researcher from Canada who's one of the, you know, probably Canada's leading authority, and he's a published author on the subject. And uh, he came out there and spent a couple of days with me. And I uh, did the same thing, set up cameras in the truck. And uh, the first day we had a rock thrown at us. He had a parabolic ear on and he was walking in front of me about 10 or 15 feet. And I saw the rock fly from the hillside out of the corner of my eye and hit the ground. He immediately turned around. And he goes, I heard that, that clacking noise. And he, he goes, what was it? I said, it's, he just threw a rock at us. And it was a rock about the size of a kiwi. And uh, it landed just behind me. I saved the rock, you know, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have any significance to me. It does, you know, I mean, it's kind of a souvenir kind of like, Hey, you know, the, the Bigfoot threw this at me, you know, but, uh, uh, he heard the, the rock hit the ground on his parabolic ear the second day, you know, I went home that night and watched all the video from the cameras in the truck. And, you know, I played it for him the next morning at breakfast, you know, I said, look, you know, look at the rocks, you know, you could see rock here fly through the air. You can hear rocks hitting the truck stick. He was kind of impressed. So he, this, that day, him and his wife came along with us the second day, and not a lot happened uh, that day. But at the end of that day, he left me a, uh, a game camera, and he says, uh, when you get time, you know, come back out here. And I appreciate it if you'd hang this camera out here in a spot that you think would be good. And uh, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do that for you. You know, I don't think game cameras are going to yield much luck. I, I think, you know, like I said, I think they uh, avoid them. I tried to get my buddy to go out there with me and, he, you know, our, you know, he, he had stuff going on and I tried to get, you know, somebody else to go out there with me. You know, my wife said she would. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm not going to put my wife in harm's way. 
that that's not going to happen, you know. So um, I uh, two Mondays ago, I uh, thought, well, I'll just go out there and I'll park the truck uh, way back at the beginning of the road and I'll walk in real quietly and I'll uh, hang this camera where I've been getting on some activity. And that's what I did. I, I had a backpack, a bottle of water. I had a 44 mag on my hip and I had his camera and I was just going to walk in real quietly, hang it and leave. And so I, I did. I, I walked in real quietly, walked on the edge of the road. I got to the spot where I've been having some activity and I stepped off the road into the woods. I had to step over a little ditch, kind of, you know, about a foot and a half wide, you know, a foot deep ditch. Walked back in. And I wasn't even in there 30 feet, and so I'm not looking in front of me. I'm looking where I'm stepping because I don't want to trip and fall. And I see some movement in front of me, so I pick my head up. And I immediately see a larger one step out from a tree on the left, and then a small, much smaller one step out from the tree on the right, about 15 feet in front of me. And I'm frozen. I mean, I'm my worst nightmare has you know come true. I'm face to face with a you know not a massive one. It's probably six three, six four, an older juvenile. From what I've been told, from people, from experts, I've described it too. Completely covered in black hair, really short black hair, no long waving hair. Maybe two hundred twenty, two hundred maybe. 230 pounds of the most like a built like a real muscular lean but defined muscle tone NFL receiver NBA basketball player and then a much smaller one about 55 maybe 56 maybe 170 pounds the most pretty much identical to the other one short black hair male look like a teenager and you said that you could tell that you could actually see ears yeah, the ears were human-like, but they were much smaller in proportion to the head than a human. Like, if you see a human with really small ears, you know, you're like, oh, wow, he's got really small ears, you know. They were really, in proportion size to their head, they're, 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 they were small. The first one that you saw that had the long hair, you didn't notice ears on that one. I remember seeing them. I just didn't pay much attention to them. I was really focused in on its eyes and uh, the eyes I remember the first one I saw I remember I remember thinking later on like it was like not just looking at me I almost felt as if it was like looking into me you know it was really this odd feeling you know right so So, with these two I'm sorry with these two they step out one on each side and you're you said what 15 feet maybe maybe 15 feet away so from when I initially, when they initially stepped out to the end of the counter was at the most 30 seconds. So I'm frozen in my tracks, you know, I immediately, I'm just, I'm thinking to myself, I'm sure I didn't think of it, I probably thought of it in the split second was, is I'm out here alone, my truck's a half a mile away, I'm dead. You know, I thought, I'm, I immediately thought, I'm, I'm, I'm dead. So immediately what I did is I took a step back. The big one took a step towards me, the smaller one stepped behind the bigger one, so I'm, I'm out of my mind at this point. It's like, 
if I take another step, is it going to step towards me again? You know, I'm, I'm just running this through my mind. You know, I mean, it seemed forever, but it, it happened so fast. I take another step back. This time it takes another step towards me and it shows me its teeth and, it's, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it gives a gutter, like a, like a growl to me. So I immediately turned and uh, I'm, I'm a dis, you know, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm, well, I'm a disabled veteran. I'm not in a wheelchair or, or, or anything, but uh, I have problems with my right leg and it's hard to run. And, uh, and I like, I walk with a limp. So I immediately ran as fast as I could. I haven't moved that fast since I was in the military. And I just, I could hear it on my heels. It, it could have got me within a step of when I turned probably, but it was right on my heels and it waited till I got just to the edge of the road and I got hit in the, just below my neck and the upper shoulder blades from behind. And it wasn't like a, a, a swipe or, or a, a, a swing. It was a, a, a palm of the hand, a forearm or a fist to, the back, to my back. And I went head over heels and almost to the other side of the road and landed on my left side and kind of on my back. And at this point, it's behind me to my right shoulder and so it's starting I could I you know I can't really tell what it's doing at that point I hear movement and I see it out of the corner of my eye it's walking past me back towards where we came from so I undid the 44 and I started to put my hand on it started to draw it out and I thought it's walking away from me I thought do I shoot I mean I'm a half mile from my pickup truck I'm not that mobile what do I do you know and so I I just reholstered it and got up and bolted towards as fast as I can get to my truck, which was the scariest semi-fast jog in, in my entire life. I thought, they're going to come at me, you know, they're going to come after me, but it never happened. This is basically like three weeks ago, Memorial Day, essentially. No, uh, the 16th, I think, of May. Wow. Okay. And yeah, that was a Monday. Yeah, May 16th, and I, like I said, I, it probably happened at 6, you know, 6.45 in the morning, 6.50 in the morning, because I remember I got out there right at 6 o'clock, and I took my time walking in there extremely quiet. I immediately got in my truck, and on the drive home, I, I just thought, you know, maybe I just shouldn't be involved in this at all. You know, I'm, you know am I going to make my wife a, you know, a widow? And you feel I, like they knew you were there. Oh, yeah. I, that stretch of road right there, the reason I wanted to put the game camera in there, I've been getting a lot of activity on this, like, it's like 200 yards straight stretch of road. Um, one side is kind of a steep hillside. The other side is kind of a gradual slope down. It's kind of a swampy area back in there. I've seen some deer uh, walk across the road right there. Um, I've been hanging these little thumb cameras called a movie pro up and down that road. And I've been getting a lot of tree knocking and rock tapping along that stretch. When they first stepped out in front of you, can you describe the look, emotion, feeling that you got? Which one were you focused on the most? Probably the bigger one, right? Yeah, the bigger one. I mean, I, I looked at the smaller one, maybe not not even three or four seconds, and I wasn't intimidated by that one at all. If I had just ran into that one out there, I probably would have tried to uh, communicate with it 
or something. You know, I, I was not intimidated by the smaller one at all. Yeah, the Even point though, being that you probably wouldn't have run into that smaller one by himself. No. And I, and I think uh, I've been kind of wondering, did they hear me? Did they hear the truck half mile down the road and lie and wait for me? Because I've been working that stretch of road so much and hanging little those little cameras along there and leaving apples and Snickers bars in that area. Were they just kind of waiting for me and, and going to watch from a distance and see if I left any apples for them or Snickers bars and then wait for me to leave and then go get it? And I just happened to step into where they were. Is that kind of the picture or was it totally by chance? And I, I don't think it was by chance. I, I, I think uh, they definitely have a, a way of, of you know facial recognition. I've been out there dozens and dozens of times and um, they obviously know who, who, who you know, my, my face and, and my build. Yeah, And uh, so, you know, I think that they probably heard me from a distance or smelled me and then came to see, okay, what's he going to leave us, you know, this, this trip, you know, are we going to get the red apples? Are we going to get the green apples? Are we going to get, you know, the Snickers bar? What, what, what's he going to do? And I just happened to step in on him is what I, what I think. And, uh, well, I think it's uh, really interesting that let's just say that they're nothing more than an unidentified primate which I'm not sure that that's where I am on it, but let's just say that that's what we're dealing with here. And there's some sort of a family unit right around there, a group. You've seen various size tracks. When you watch like a documentary about chimpanzees or mountain gorillas or whatever, and they really break down the family structure, it's just like with humans that adolescent teenager who is always more reckless more aggressive their T levels are through the roof testosterone is jacked up they're more aggressive and the fact that you would see one obviously there's a reason that they're that aggressive because at some point in any kind of family unit of gorillas there's going to be an adolescent that challenges the dominant male or steals females from him there's going to be a battle i mean this is the wild that we're talking about here this totally feels like that was the reason that the only time that you've had a right in front of your face encounter almost provoking you you're also by yourself yeah, 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 yeah. I think they. That's talk. the only time that you've been out there by yourself. Yeah, yeah. This is the first and last time I've been out there by myself, and uh, I, I think uh, you know they saw an opportunity maybe to send me. You know, uh, I don't know if it was to send me a message of uh, you know leave us alone or or, or what. Uh, you've obviously you've been in the military. You've been around various situations. Right. What kind of feeling did you get just from the look that he gave you? <laughs> Let's say before he re- showed you his teeth and growled at you. I'm sorry. It was a look of... Uh... <sighs> was it almost expressionless in a way? It was, it, it, at first it was... It, it seemed like uh, I'm as surprised to see you as you are surprised to see me. Um, but then as I, after I took the first step, the look, but its brow had gotten 
you know, you can tell when somebody's a little irritated or their eyebrows kind of, uh, you can tell a lot by the way people look at you. Right. That's why I'm uh, asking. And yeah, I'm wondering because of the, you know, with humans and the fact that we have actual eyebrows rather than the ridge per se. Right. And when someone gives you kind of the dirty look and the kind of the squinting of the eyes. Right. Did it, did it look similar in that way? And then also you described this one had hair on its face. Right, right. Yeah, the, the area around the eyes uh, and part of the nose was uh, hairless. The rest of it was, was covered in hair, but its brow was covered in hair. And it, it couldn't necessarily make out, you know, al- eyebrows. You can make out the brow line. And, it, and it, after I took the first step back, it, you know, gave me a dirty look. And then when I took the second step back, it got even more of an aggressive look on its face and showed me its teeth and, and growled. And its teeth were were human, human-like teeth, except, you know, yellow and, and, and kind of brownish, real dirty. Um, but they were flat. Yeah, they were flat. There no was, canines. No, no canines. There, there was teeth. It was teeth like a human. I mean, you know. Uh, and, and what uh, was it, the separation between the nose and the lip? Oh, it was much further. You know, humans like one finger. This is like two plus fingers, two to two and a half fingers distance between the bottom of the nose and the top of the top lip. Thin lips on the face, real real thin and real wide on the face. It didn't open its mouth. It it opened its lips when it growled, but it didn't. Its jaw didn't drop. It, it didn't. I didn't see its tongue. You know, it was kind of you know, right. teeth together. You know. Did um, it flip its lip up? Does that make yeah, sense? Is it like yeah, it? Yeah, it was like kind of a. It showed me its the front part of its teeth, and, it, and it, when it when it growled, and it carried its R in, in the grr, you know, real real long. And it was more of a. It wasn't loud growl. It was a distinctive. It was like an instinctive growl that an animal gives when it feels threatened, you know. And uh, we've heard that before out there numerous numerous times um, in our original sighting area. But uh, I, I, the fear of God was in me, and I really thought. Uh, I really thought I was, I was, especially when I got hit from behind. I really thought I'm just, I'm, I'm done for. They're going to rip me apart. I really, really thought I was done for. And uh, until I saw it from my right start to walk back to from where we came from, and I, and I and I and I laid there, you know, pulling my 44 out, thinking in my mind, am I going to have to shoot it? But if I did, I'd be shooting it in the back. At that point, it, it wasn't a threat to me. And when it walked away, its buttocks were covered in feces, you know, like it sat like a cow pie or something. It was, uh, I didn't really, at that point, really smell anything either. Wow. And you clearly are not going to go back out there by yourself. No, no, no. In fact, uh, what I'm trying to do is, is uh, where that happened at is like a half a mile from the turnoff from the main road. I've been kind of working backwards from where the trees are down to the main road. I want to figure out how close to the main road they're willing to come come down. So we're going to camp out there Saturday night, right? Just as you turn off the main road, there's a turnout there on the logging road. We're going to camp right there and uh, see if they come and visit us in the middle of the night. It's an incredible story. And it's actually, I mean, it's ongoing. Uh, the The thing that blew me away about this when I heard at first was that you know at the time that was it had happened literally days before right. and 
again, I really appreciate you choosing to let us know about it. And we obviously are going to be in touch going forward. Okay. And I mean, yeah. you never know what's going to happen the next time you're out there. That's oh, just no. insane. The crazy thing is, is the next time you both go out there, you make it absolutely nothing. Now, I wonder if uh, after you were gone, if Juvie got reprimanded for his blatant display. <laughs> yeah, I always think it's funny yeah. to kind of think of like after you hear these these kinds of things, like what happened when once the hairless guy was gone. What branch of the military did you serve? Uh, in the Navy. Spent. Uh, I got medically retired at 15 and a half years. Uh, I got injured uh, on the ship back in 2003. So I was in from 88 to 2003. And uh, I had to take blood thinner the rest of my life. So I couldn't deploy anymore. So uh, now I, uh, I work for the government. Actually, I, I work for the state of Washington. So, uh, Wow. Well, I wanted to go ahead and make sure that I told you that we thank you for your service for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. You know, I met my wife, you know, in the Philippines. You know, I spent most of my career stationed overseas, so uh, I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. So you came out all right. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, I've been married 26 years now. So I got two kids. uh, My daughter's in nursing school. My son graduated from the Naval Academy in Annapolis uh, last year. Now he's a officer in the Navy and he's in flight school. Oh, really? Yeah, he's going to be a Navy uh, fighter pilot. So he's in flight school right now in Texas in uh, Corpus Christi. Oh, okay. Just right down the road. Not too far. I mean, it's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles away, but it's right down the road for Texas. Yeah, I said, (laughs) uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, actually, yeah, Texas is pretty big, but uh, he sent me a text uh, just a few hours ago that he uh, flew through a massive thunderstorm. He said he was scared out of his mind. Yeah, that that's what I was talking about when I was telling you about how crazy it was here. The thunderstorm line started way down on the eastern coast of Mexico, coming up through the Gulf, and then it looked as if it had been spun off of a hurricane the way that it hooked around. But at one point, I noticed that it extended the actual rain line extended all the way from Abilene to the border of Louisiana, which is some 370, 380 miles. Oh, really? Yeah, east to west. And it's just nuts. And we've been getting pounded anyway. And the only reason that I hadn't come over in the last couple of days was, one, I wanted to make sure we could reconnect. But, two, the weather was just right. making it really awkward to get over here. It, usually on, like, a Saturday night, if I'm able to go the way that I want to go, this is this place is actually in Irving. It takes me like 20, 15, 20 minutes to get here. And it took me like an hour and 10 to get here today. Wow. And that's before rush hour. I mean, I think that a lot of businesses must have been letting people off. But I mean, we had just two days ago, at one point, there were five different major thoroughfares in Dallas Fort Worth that were shut down because of flooding. Wow. Yeah, it's just it's nuts, and yeah, uh, text me when you you know you post this online. Give me the link, and uh, or probably on the same site where uh, I'm on some site called uh, Podbean. Yeah, Podbean. OKTalkPodbean.com. Mm-hmm. They'll probably be on there. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I will definitely send it to you, and I'm actually gonna stay here until 
I post it. All right. Awesome, man. I can't wait to hear. Thanks so much, and uh, be safe, and we'll talk soon. All right, Clint. All, All right, Mark. Bye. Thanks so much, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. say a couple of shout outs here one Maria please I beg of you encourage Donnie to post more pictures of you and less posts about crazy conspiratorial feelings and thoughts on the Facebook please and if you didn't already know you can find us on Facebook at OK Talk Show and at Twitter at the same. Send us an email at OKTalkPodcast at gmail.com. And we've kind of stalled for some reason, but please, please, I implore you, take 30 seconds of your time, hop into iTunes, rate and review the show. Really help me out. If there's a podcast catcher, that you use that you cannot reach OK Talk Show with, let me know. OK Talk Podcast at gmail.com, pop on Facebook, whatever, send us a message. Also, I don't know how we did it, but we resurrected Dadis Perry. He's on Facebook. Check it out. Hi, Sasquatch. Come on down. Thanks so much to everyone for all the kind words about the show. I apologize for a little bit of the delay. It's uh, not been an easy few weeks around these parts, and I basically needed the exact same boat that we cruised around Boggy Creek on to get to work today. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your dedication. Just know we've got a few episodes in the can and a lot more planned. Love to hear what you think. Love to hear your thoughts, all the input, whatever you got. And I may or may not just have a few more thoughts on Bigfoot coming up soon. So once again, for Matt, I'm Clint. Thanks for listening to OK Talk. As it is Memorial Day weekend, a happy Memorial Day and a thank you to all those who have served. And I wanted to pass a note on from Bryn to his brother Shannon through the ether he lost six years ago. He misses you, buddy.
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.